Next this evening here on LWT, meet the Master Spy. Hello, I'm Andrew. Hello, I'm Lisa. Welcome to episode 61 of... Round the Archives. It's a bit shorter than usual. It is, M- must, yeah. Must be the cold. Mm. <laughs> but there's no harm in that, really, no, is there? No, So we've got two articles yes. for you this time. We have. But we've still got four voices. Yes. So that's good, because <laughs> it's obviously you and me, Lisa. Yes. I suppose you could say this time our theme is unusual game shows. Yes. Could you say that? I would, yes. Go on, say it. It's unusual game shows. Thank you. So to kick off, Paul and Toppy will look at a couple of shows, starting off with... The Adventure Game. Many light years away, on the far side of the galaxy, in a region often visited by time travellers, lies Ark, a small planet of little consequence. Naturally, the inhabitants of Arg get a bit fed up with trippers and tend to discourage them. Often, they will even nick the essential crystal off their time machines and hide it. Hello, Round the Archives people. It's me, Paul the Shayetti again. I've got Toppy Smelly with me. <laughs> um, say hello, Toppy. Hello, Toppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we start talking, I shall introduce the topics we're going to be talking about, all the two shows we're going to be talking about. Now, I was asked by Andrew and Lisa to choose two sort of quiz-related shows or sort of contestant-related shows that I thought Toppy would not have seen anything quite like it. And I, I don't tend to watch that many shows that are sort of studio-based sort of quiz type shows like um, like that oh i have but they're not sort of ones that have lasted with me but the the two shows however that did influence me when i was growing up were, were a show called the adventure game which was a well a sort of sci- sci-fi i don't quite know how to yeah sci-fi adjacent yeah i, I will talk about it in more, more detail but i'll, I'll, I'll the other show uh, was a show called Treasure Hunt, which is um, less sci-fi, more helicopters. But uh, <laughs> do you want me to? I'll just give you a few facts, Toppy, um, just to set the scene. Yeah. So please. the the adventure game ran from 1980 to 1986, although it wasn't on every year. And actually, there was only four seasons and only sort of like 22 episodes produced in the whole thing. I think when I was a kid, it felt like there was a lot more. But uh, and actually, sadly. One or two don't e- exist anymore, or they only exist on off-air recordings that people made at the time. But uh, luckily, there was a, like a, over here a, a DVD set of all the of all of the, the episodes that they do have access to. Mm-hmm. Was it was it popular? It's hard hard to tell from the position I was. It was certainly popular for me, and and for a lot of the people that that I'm friends with. Um, I guess my generation, uh, as kids, watched it and and, and enjoyed it. And the episode that I, well, I, I, I pointed you towards a couple of episodes, and then one of them 
vanished. Um, or at least vanished when I tried to watch it. But I think I, I, I sort of pointed you in the direction of season, early season, like season one episodes, mm-hmm. um, which isn't necessarily the season that I I remember. Um, it, it did sort of it, each season did sort of sort of adapt to slightly change or they change the types of of um challenges that the the cast were uh well the, the usually it was a a couple of celebrities and a member of the public i don't know if you really got that because you wouldn't have recognized the celebrities did, 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 um, did no I, it, it did um but but i did not know who they were but it registered to me that you know you would yeah. you would know these people that were participating yeah. Yeah, and then, then I mean, one I watched um, had a, a person called Leslie Judd, and, and she was on a program called Blue Peter, uh, and it was an episode where, the, uh, and the the other the other person was a guy called Paul Darrow who was in Blake Seven, um, who, which you probably heard us mention. I have sort of seventies, early eighties sci-fi show, and then the third member in that episode was just a member of the public, as far as I'm aware, and very. Very vocal and quite irritating. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I would have liked to have shown you an episode from later on because the episodes that you saw, there was that sort of load of, of shapes across the, the floor that they have to they have to cross. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, and then at the end of the episode, when they're leaving, they have to cross again, and then they don't succeed and they get evaporated. Well, <laughs> in the later seasons. They're more over like a vortex, or it's made to look like they're crossing a sort of uh, a sort of intricate sort of uh, board that's uh, hovering over space, and then mm-hmm. they they take a move, and then a an electronic sort of beam takes a move, um, and the viewers can see that, but they can't see it. Yeah. And then, so you can see, are they getting close? It reminds me of of, of this show um, on Netflix, Squid Game, or the different sort of. <laughs> I mean that's a fictional program, well I guess so is the adventure game to a point. But the the, the games that they play on Squid Game uh, uh, remind me of a sort of slightly more sadistic version of the adventure game. But, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I remember, like as a kid, it, that the bit when they were crossing the board at the end of the show with the beam, and you, were they going to walk into the beam and get evaporated? Um, was was like uh, sort of like water cooler TV from my generation. But uh, huh, huh. Um, I but, could see that. But yeah, it's funny to think there were there were so few episodes. But um, well, let me let me ask you if this is true because I only saw two episodes of this, but I did notice that because when I was watching the first one, I said, "Boy, these these this is quite an elaborate set. If they if they have to construct new sets like this every episode, that's a lot of money. First of all, and a lot of time and creativity. But then I saw the second episode, and they used some of the games were the same. For instance, that floor exercise uh, was the same. And then they would intersperse new original things. So then I could see, oh, okay, that's how they they did it. They reused certain games. So is that true that you would have seen that floor game and pretty nearly... The floor game, yeah. The floor game was, I think, although as the seasons went on, I think that perhaps was substituted for the end game with the vortex but but uh, yeah a lot of certain things were repeated but i i'd kind of forgotten that this I, in, my, in my head and maybe it's later episodes there were more like you have to get to this room and then you solve that and then you go into another room maybe there were more rooms or more things whereas 
in the episode that that I saw from the first season, which you saw, there was there was that little bit at the beginning and that little bit at the end, and then most of the episode was set in one room, and they were they were so like, and, and that number equals that, and then then because of that, then the color red does this, and 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 it was like I was like, wow, they're supposed to solve this. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it was unsurmountable. But. I I I had questions myself about. All right. How just how much of this is real, and how much uh, is uh, them really figuring out anything? And I, I, I have a feeling it was quite guided. And although they're clearly ad libbing, there's no script for the most part. Uh, this show must have been heavily, heavily edited. Yeah. Because they had to fit it into whatever a half hour, whatever it was, or less, twenty five minutes. Um, it was a bit longer actually. Well, the one I saw was, and I'm not sure whether that I I always thought it was about a sort of half hour show, but um, certainly the one I saw with Leslie Judd and Paul Darrow was more like fifty minutes. But okay. whether whether that's what it was, and I've just kind of tra- concentrated yeah. a bit in my mind. Well, I can imagine like them taking like 30 minutes to solve one puzzle. And of course, they're not going to show those 30 minutes. Um, So anyway, very interesting and and entertaining, but did leave me wondering about, you know, well, it left me wondering just the way I wonder and hypothesize about today's so-called reality TV shows that basically the producers there um, and he's the puppeteer, and he's making things happen. And then there's a whole lot of editing. And this show uh, certainly seems to me to be a forerunner of reality TV. Don't you yeah. think? In, in, a, in a way, I mean, what I like about it is that it's like taking a form, uh, taking a format of, or a quiz, or a sort of, or, or uh, I mean, it, it's a bit more complex than just being a quiz because it's more. Oh yeah, it's much more thinking and all that sort of thing. But but it just makes me think. You know, it's a bit like something like Dark Shadows taking a soap opera uh, format and then kind of you know, oh well, we can have. You know, it's not doesn't have to be just about people falling in love. Well, it can be, but it, but they're werewolves. It's like pushing. It's it's, it's making something a little bit different from a, taking a format, but making it different. And this is sort of doing the same thing, but for the for the the quiz format. In, in that, you know, it, it could be it could have been very dry, or it could have just been right. Stick some people in a room and get them to solve these problems. But putting the whole thing about the big in space and and, mm-hmm. and, lots of the, and the humor and the costumes and the dragons and it's just so so much more interesting to, to 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 me than i would i would i have watched it if it just been men in a in a room I, i'm not sure i don't think i would have yeah. not that age anyway true um also i noticed the other way they help move things along is that they have people that come into the room to offer clues and they're helped yeah and also i noticed because that they they sort of took a couple of them out to do some other little thing with with, with some swinging bits of rope um which also allows for them to edit other stuff or, or, or who knows what they were saying to the others in the other room <laughs> like come on we need to, we need to get moving so, so it, it, it did allow for editing so you, as you say yeah uh, you don't quite know what you did and didn't see. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing about this kind of thing is that there's a very popular thing in America. I don't know if you guys got it over there or not, but today there's a very popular group activity that's done live on location in some place, and they're called escape rooms. Have you heard of this? Yeah, I've heard, I've heard of escape rooms. Yeah. Well, that's 
that's what the show was. It, it, there, you got to move from room to room, and they don't let you into the next room until you solve a riddle or a puzzle. That's an escape room. That I don't, you know, I would love to know if someone was watching that show and said, you know, this would be a fun thing to do live, and perhaps at least in part, it's how modern day escape rooms originated. When we talk about Treasure Hunt, I know that was a format that was picked up, a French format that the UK picked up, but as far as I'm aware, the adventure game was conceived by somebody working for the BBC, so it wasn't, or certainly it's, it, it's, it's not sort of credited that, it's, that they took the idea from, from another country or another. Um, but uh, um, the, the adventure game did sort of uh, inspire a show called The Crystal Maze, which was more in the 90s I think uh, and that was sort of solving problems and getting crystals and things but I I, I watched that as well but I, I don't think it was quite as eccentric as, as the adventure game mm-hmm. and well that's another thing is there's a, just a bit of role playing and you, you could also say well this is you know kind of how groups do what do they call it frapping <laughs> farthing anyways where people enact um, um, fantasy shows, yeah. but anyways, there's a bit of that to it as well. It's uh, I was I was in, in wondering if there there was anything like the adventure game you'd seen like at the time, like not so, yeah. We can see how yeah there are things that remind you of in today, but but I guess there was nothing really, no. nothing that was on TV. No, this is com- a completely no. We never had anything, anything, anything like this in America, and that's you know I got to say when TV first started in America uh, in the late '40s, when shows were being produced in various cities because that's how it worked. You, you, a station, somebody would get together the money to start a television station, and they broadcast. It was no cable it was just a broadcast signal and they were there was some in new york city there were some in philadelphia there were some blah 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 all over and they all were responsible for filling the air with their own stuff way back then there was creative things going on okay and i and uh, that that you know was that well they were there was just they were creative. They were interesting. And then American TV became lawyers, crime fighters, westerns, uh, and if and there were game shows, but they were all kind of the same. I mean, it, most of them were like, you've got to guess this word or guess what's behind the door. Or, and, and, you know, the, the, there you are winning cash, money, and prizes because, well, you had sponsors. <laughs> Anyways, inventive TV just vanished from America, uh, whereas in Europe uh, and, and in Japan, and they kept being inventive. If, if, if uh, you sort of, I sort of think about it in a way, the, the adventure game was never on like mainstream. Like it was, it, it was on BBC Two rather than BBC One. Uh, BBC One was normal mainstream. BBC Two was able to get away with with, with the more sort of weird. And I'm sure things like Monty Python started on BBC Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might be wrong, but uh, I don't know. There's there's just clearly to me, at least as as an American, having been exposed to shows like Gilligan Island. 
um, you know, I mean, as beloved as they are, they're insipid. And, they, you know, you had your sitcom, you had your hour dramas. And for a long time, that was about it. And it, it uh, every once in a while, you'd see something completely different, like Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there wasn't really a, I can't say there was a lot of inventiveness. Uh, so, anyways. I was, it, it is kind of weird, because when you look at that, I say there was, there was only um, four seasons of it. And, um, I, I, you know, it, it almost looked, it was sort of feel that um, that they'd sort of forgotten about it. So I was just going to look at the actual dates yeah, so there was a, a first season in 1980 with five episodes. Then they sort of forget about it for about a year and a half, and it comes back for another five episodes in 1981. And then they forget about it for about three years, and it comes back for six episodes in 1984. Hmm. And then uh, forget about it again for a couple of years and do another six episodes in um, 1986. So it, it does span a, quite a few years, but... Uh, you know, there's no sort of continuity or, you know, I don't know who they think was watching or whether they really cared. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh. and it does look like the the episode, which is another weird thing, which you wouldn't get today, is that like the episodes in the first series range from being about 26 minutes long to being 45 minutes long. And I think that's one of the ones that I watched was one of the longer ones. And then the next season, it's sort of, Oh well, we better make it forty-five, all of them forty-five minutes. But they do jump around in length, and and it's weird to have a TV show that had such a an un, you know, a weird time. You know, it's like they've, they, they especially with the first season, they haven't sort of, uh, you know, how on earth that fitted into schedules. I don't know. Thirty-seven minutes is a very odd length for a TV show. Huh. But then the, those were the days. BBC Two was probably more of a channel that could cope with um, slightly more. Uh, you know, less, less less structure. Um, yeah. Well, interestingly enough, in America, where well, we developed three, what became three major networks, the end period. <laughs> you know, there there was sort of like as I as I mentioned, rather rigid. You know, here's what a show is: it's a western, or it's a police drama, or it's a quiz show, or blah 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 blah. But interestingly enough, once again when a certain amount of independence came around to television because of what of cable basically cable allowed people in new york to watch atlanta's uh, big station by turner to turner what well, i can't even remember what it was called but anyway tbs is what it was called and there was a, a superstation they called them uh, in Chicago, and they did some of their own programs because th- they were different, and there was some money there. And that's when uh, syndicated shows or, or shows that w- were on these superstations started. You started seeing more invention again, like for example, American Gladiators. It never would have been something a network would show it took it took someone independently to start thinking well what else can we do besides the stuff you find over at the three networks and you know they started you start seeing that invention again but it's but it's interesting to me that it 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 returns when when there's a certain amount of independence like uh we are not 
part of these corporate television stations. This is something else. And we do these things that are different. <laughs> I think one of the, one of the, I was going to say all of the seasons, but actually not the fourth season, but as far as I can tell, the first, I have dates here for the first three seasons and all three of those first three were repeated. And sometimes they were repeated in the year between seasons. So I guess, you know, when you're that young, you're just like, oh, the adventure game's on. You don't, you know, if you weren't sitting there with a video, it might be only, you might have seen it before, but you only have seen it once because you wouldn't have videoed it because it's a bit just, although around that time, we, I think, my dad did hire a video, but it was still quite a rare thing to have. So, mm-hmm. so, but that's sort of the repeat sort of cement in a, in a young, in a, in a little one's mind. You know, you don't really care if you've seen it before. It's just, if, if you like it, it's just good to see another, see it again. Or, or uh, and also that it was very weirdly scheduled. It says that the, the first season was shown on Saturday mornings. So mm-hmm. and there were other things on on Saturday mornings on other channels. So I don't know, like for, which were actually meant for kids. So I don't know who was watching on a Saturday morning. And then it was repeated mid-afternoons on a Saturday. Again, again you know, you're out, you're out off downtown or something on, on a Saturday afternoon. I, the, the time I sort of remember, it, it was more like BBC Two, like early evenings. I don't know what, what they mean by it early evenings but it was after school anyway um, okay mm-hmm. but but it was it was a very weirdly scheduled show and also as as we said sort of just weird that they would take so many so much time off between seasons but i don't think it was mm-hmm. a show they wouldn't say it was something that it was priority for them but it's certainly something that stuck with a lot of people yeah and is there uh, today anything like it or reminiscent of it well, the only things that I can that I know of are the things like Crystal Maze, but they've come and gone and, and come back again and gone again. So okay. I wish there was more. I'd probably watch more. But but going on to the other show, Treasure Hunt, that ran from 1982 till 1989, and then it, it came back for a couple of years in the early noughties. And I, I I watched it enthusiastically at the time, and then I also watched it very enthusiastically when it came back. And and um, there were a lot more episodes of Treasure Hunt than there are Adventure Game. There were ninety one episodes in all. But um, was this also BBC Two? No, no, this was Channel Four. But Channel Four is sort of a similar type of station to BBC Two, or it was in that it kind of had more something like Queer as Folk was on channel four um more more experimental more, more slightly less mainstream shows tended to be on like comedy shows but it's a, it's a station in its own right it, it's not a sub whereas bbc2 is part of the bbc channel four is, is a, a channel on it on its own and it, and it started about 1982 so i'm not sure if it it this was one of the first shows that they they showed on there but channel four was also responsible for introducing to me to things like the avengers and lost in space and at certain times they would show old tv as well as having new programming and it it, it was a very i mean i hardly watch anything on channel four now but in the 80s and 90s it was like and bbc2 as well were the place that people went <laughs> well, to watch now i mean i know that you said that i'm really curious now what about what is it about Channel Four today that like you just don't watch it? Is it just because availability of streaming? No, I just don't know what's on there that I would want to watch. <laughs> it's not. It, it it's. I mean, it's a bit like you know. I watch Neighbours on Channel Five, but if they axe Neighbours, then there won't be anything any reason for me because because 
that you know that that is what I watch Channel Five for. There's nothing else that sh- is is of interest to me on Channel Five, okay. uh, other than my Australian soaps. I think a lot of channels hope that you you know you come for one show and you'll stick around for the next one. But past that sort of age, you know, I come to watch something particularly, and then I, I've got plenty of other things I need to watch. Uh, I, I can't be hanging around all night sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know what. I just don't know what. I couldn't tell you a single show that's on Channel Four now, but I'm sure. You know, but back in back in the eighties and nineties, it was an essential channel. Well, if, now that I think about it, duh, that, that's the same as me. I, I, if you ask me what programs were on ABC, CBS, or NBC, I, I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Those no. were the stations I watched growing up, but I certainly don't watch them anymore. Like, I mean, so I wouldn't have seen the probably the very early episodes of Treasure Hunt, but it 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 went long enough that. It became an essential sort of. I I, I just I, I mean I just love the fact it wasn't although it is partly in a studio, the fact that every week you're jumping in the on the in the helicopter and going, you know, to different parts of the of, of the UK and in later seasons overseas, mm-hmm. um, and the episode that that I think I pointed you to was set in the Highlands, uh, and that was quite a random episode. I hadn't I hadn't I don't even know if I've only seen that episode before, but. Um, uh, I mean, I think uh, Annika Rice, who's the, the lady who does all the running around, um, mm-hmm. I think don't think she had done TV before, but I don't think she'd done a lot of, you know, that was quite a, a big jump, I think, being on that show. And then she jumped to being on a really mainstream BBC show called Challenge Annika, where it would be like sort of I don't, build a school in Ethiopia with this much money in, in three weeks or something. I mean, that's just an exaggeration probably, but but it was that sort of thing. So it was kind of the stuff that she loved to treasure hunt, but but times hmm. 10. But I, 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 I love treasure hunt as much for the locations. And mm-hmm. um, well, let me ask you, because I didn't see enough of treasure hunt to, to really understand how it was made, but... Uh, the there was the in studio stuff, and then as you say, there was the on location stuff. And my question I'm wondering is, were they actually live out there doing the on location stuff? Yeah, yeah. And um, and they weren't pre taped or. Uh, no, was, I, I mean, they they weren't shown live, but they were recorded live. So okay, I so mean, they were seeing it in real time in the studio. Well, they like, weren't seeing anything. That's the thing. They were hearing. Oh, well, they could hear. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but so, in a way, it's quite a. It's it's quite ahead of its time in in that they were in a studio and talking to somebody, you know, right up another part of the country or the world. That sounds like a very now thing rather than 1982. Uh, but so, so sort of ahead of its time. I mean, I was like in the episode that, that I watched they found one of the clues at a Scottish dance. They found one in a castle. They, there was one, which was just gobsmacked me totally. It was the, the clue was a man like on a mountain, hanging off a mountain and, and the ASP, well, the air rescue people stuck Annika in a, a well, a sort of thing that I can't think of what it's called, like a, like a bed. Um, yeah. Like a rescue cage rescue or whatever. Room. Yeah. And, and winched her down and then she <laughs> had to take it from me. And, I, and I'm, I'm like, I can't believe what they're making her do just to get uh, a clue. I mean, in that episode, they didn't succeed, but I thought it was a little bit unfair because the last clue, well, the penultimate clue, well, no, the, the last clue was on a boat. So they reliant on a man, rowing them out onto the boat and then having to row them back and all of the time the clock was going and, and I, I was thinking well come on they should have probably had an advert break and at least 
because they do that sometimes you know to, to if they need to go in a slightly different location or it's too far to i, th- I was thinking well they probably should have you know that because they, they they only said as as the game progressed they said that oh that they were just a little bit behind they were but that but that ah. was a lot of time all that rowing mm-hmm. I, I, so there there was a chance element to the show because oh, yeah. the things may not work predictably yeah. like there yeah. was and and they just have to deal with it or they could have directed <laughs> them to the wrong place or mm-hmm. you know they they think they've got the right clue and find that they're looking for something in fact they've got slightly wrong and that could make tight you know time slow slow things down i i remember i remember a, a while ago a year or two ago i watched a few of them on another youtube channel and um there was one where they had to because it was like in some i think it was an overseas one and they had to go to a temple and so they couldn't park the helicopter that close and she had to she had to run but then the helicopter was ah. swooping up loads and loads of sand and she was ah. just keeping on running and, and i was like no oh, I, I mean i love wonder woman but annika rice is like wonder woman times two she she she's so, she is just nothing seems to face her and, and she <laughs> just keeps on going um, i bet um, she has a lot of stories i bet she, yeah. i bet she could tell a lot of stories about being on that show yeah yeah and I, I read today she does um she she, she does a bit of stand-up comedy these days um hmm. she's in her early 60s now but um so yeah. what did you was it your impression that you know ultimately the show would have been put together and edited but it too must have i mean there's certainly just not to go on and on and on if people aren't guessing right or you know they're just like not getting it or whatever they there's got to be some shaping and and sure. editing Cause, to cause it because there was you know they they had a strict time with that Oh, like they did. They had, they okay. had the fifty. They had the fifty minutes, and if you were going wrong, then, I mean, I, I've seen plenty of episodes where they've achieved it, but I've seen plenty of episodes where they've missed it as well. Ah, okay, um, okay. And, 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 and the one that, you know, the, the one in the Highlands, they they missed it, but hmm. but but um, and I can't I, I can't see how they could have done it. You know, they 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 must have, they would have needed between five and ten minutes i would have thought to have got the last clue but uh, yeah. they had to get to the location find out what they were looking for and and did treasure hunt also use a mix of celebrities and regular people like I think, real only, people? I think only occasionally would they do it i i think there was reference because that was the 1987 episode and annika rice did it from 82 to 88 and then somebody else came in for a year i i, I thought her episodes were perfectly good, but what they didn't, they, they stopped after a season or so with her and um, then brought it back with somebody else like about 2002, 2003. But yeah, so there's reference in, in the episode, the Highland episode that they, I don't know whether it was for charity, whether it was just a one-off, but it sounds like they'd done an episode where, cause the, 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 the gray haired man is a guy called Kenneth Kendall. And he was like, had been known for being like a newsreader. And there's a spiky-haired lady called Wincy Willis, who was the help help lady in the studio, and she was had been known as being like a weather girl on a morning TV show. Um, so, so it, it sounds as if there'd been an episode where um, Annika had been in the studio with, you know, like revol- the roles reversed. I, I, it was generally members of the public that I remember, but uh, um, mm-hmm. but it inspired me so much that when I was either late primary school or you know, around the time of sort of being 11, 12, whatever, I used to 
do treasure hunts in my vi- in my village. Ah. But, so I'd go out and I'd put the clues around the village, knowing a friend was coming over that day, and then we'd run around the village doing the. I'm not sure how much they were into it, but I was really like, so here you are today, and we're going to be doing this. <laughs> um, and and uh, I've been putting them up trees, and and you know, and a lot of my friends were from the like from the town, and it's amazing how three or four miles makes a big difference. You know, when when my my, my friends Harry and Robin used to come over, they they always turned up in their best shoes, and I'd be and they compl- I'd be like, well, you know, we're obviously we're going to be running around in some mud because <laughs> me, you know, um, um, going and and. and and I always found that, yeah, there was a big difference between the people who lived in in Salisbury compared to what we were prepared to do living in the village, climbing trees and jumping over barbed wire fences, even, even you know, sort of making camps and all sorts of things. Just we were a little bit we're a little bit tougher in the uh, in the countryside, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I don't remember anyone ever telling me I will not be doing your treasure hunt. But I was I was you know we didn't have a helicopter, but uh, <laughs> um, but I was definitely inspired. As, uh, oh, that's that's neat. I I love that. <laughs> uh, that's what we had. What I always thought of was a family game because I, I mean I I don't know what my father was inspired by, but one day my and my brother and I were very young, like I would have been four, and maybe he was five, and we we're playing around with our toys, and we found a note in one that was very cryptic and it said to find the secret prize look under an owl and we what's this there was no explanation we had no clue what it was well my father had left all these clues around the house on pieces of paper that he hid and so we'd we'd finally find the the wax candle owl and there'd be the next clue and I always, I'd totally forgotten about that game until you just described what you were uh-huh. doing. And uh, but we never went outside. Uh, this was, this was an indoor game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, uh, I mean, it, it says that Treasure Hunt was based on a, a French show, which I won't try and pronounce the title of. But so, so it was sort of. I've never seen it. I, I would be interested to uh, have to look on the internet. There must be some, uh, must be some French episodes uh, on there. But uh, um, I, I was just looking. Apparently, it says that uh, uh, Annika Rice left the show to have a baby and was kind of planning on coming back. And then they had the season with the with the other girl in, who was supposed to be kind of like just filling in. But then it never came back. As her, and Annika Rice never came back because she went uh, over to the BBC to do something else. But there was another show around this almost as soon as treasure hunt finished called interceptor which only lasted for one season and that was sort of like i think that was that was exciting as well because that was out and about and and um contestants but being chased by a, a baddie who was who was trying to sort of stop them from achieving their their goal and i haven't seen an episode of that for years but i remember really liking it and being really disappointed when it wasn't continued i'm hmm. sure there weren't that many episodes hmm. but uh, i just find, i think i just find it broke it broke me as far as you know going back to a studio and watching some people doing a quiz in a, in a studio with a studio audience after i've watched the adventure game in treasure hunt i'm sorry you just you've risen you've raised the goals for me and now you're kind of expecting me to go back to uh, give, giving me a steak and and and, and, and now you're expecting me to eat bread and dripping it's it, it, <laughs> it, it broke it broke it broke it for me but 
Yeah. Uh, these shows might have uh, might have held my attention. Not might have, probably would have, especially if I'd seen them at that time. Well, anyway, I'm, I'm glad we could discuss um, these two because I thought that they'd be quite different. And yet you can see how they kind of inspired things in a way that that uh, are more uh, uh, more modern. But uh, yeah. certainly in the '80s, they were quite different to what was on was on the TV. Yeah, absolutely, uh, fascinating fascinating to to see today for me because there was nothing like them in america Many thanks to Paul and Toppy for yes, that. Yes, thank you, boys. Paul, of course, can be heard on the Show Life podcast and Toppy mm-hmm. on the Smellcast and Matinee Minutia. Yes. Now, before we move on to our article, mm-hmm. we have exciting merch news. We do, Isn't yes. that right? We, we have do. merch. We have merch. Didn't Whatever mer- merch Didn't is. merch used to work for the Adams family? Rose, don't walk all over the keyboard. <laughs> She's excited. She wants to buy some merch. She wants to buy, she wants to buy the merch. You nearly did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> because Martin, Martin Holmes yes. of Vision on Sound, mm-hmm. has done us not one, mm-hmm. but two yes. books of his cartoons. Yes, yes. That, that he did. In colour. In, in colour, of yes. course. Well, so, so close you can feel their fire. Is that uh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So go to lulu.com. Mm-hmm. And search for Martin Holmes. Yes. And you should be able to find the Round the Archives cartoon collection mm-hmm. in two volumes. Yes. Along with his wonderful Nosferatu to the Dancier. Yes. Is that how you say it? Well, I think it's just Dancer. All right. Dancer is spelt with a Y. Well, though, well, yeah, like Vampire. Like Vampire. Yeah. So Martin's got three books out. He has. And they're bestsellers. And, and they're in the like the, the charts yeah. already. This, yeah. this is shocking isn't it it is (laughs) but they're all they're all wonderful yes buy his books buy his books and i'll put try and put a link in the um in in the blurb below because every episode of this comes with a bit of attached blurb apparently and we might even do a video we haven't done a video for ages no we we haven't no No. but there you go but to round off the issue Mm -hmm. you and i will take a look at the master spy Good afternoon, Lisa. Good afternoon, Andrew. Now, you do like your game shows weird, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah, that's nothing better than a weird game show, is there? But until very recently, we had no idea how weird game shows could get. <laughs> no. Because we'd never seen The Master Spy, had we? We hadn't, no. Um, you're probably a bit too young to remember it. Yeah. I might have seen it, but you I have done, no yeah. recollection of seeing it on original transmission mm-hmm. whatsoever. 
No. I think Warren did mention it once or twice yes. in passing. Mm-hmm. But given that, again, a lot of it is missing. Yes. Uh, it was a, a gr- n- nice surprise when a number of episodes have turned up on YouTube. Yes. Now, apparently yes. these are from William Franklin's VHS copies. Yes. And there is so little information online about mm-hmm. the Master Spy. Yes. And what information there is is sometimes not very accurate. No. That we can only go from what we've seen, basically. Yes. yes. And I don't think we've seen everything. Because no. rumour has it one does exist on its original tapes. Okay, right. And I, I'd be interested to see. Yes. Uh, but it runs 1977 to 1980. Mm-hmm. You've got William Franklin as, what is he, M or the um, Major? It depends, doesn't it? Depends it depends what episode it is. In one of the early episodes, he's referred to as M. Yeah. I think um, the James Bond production team might got a hold of might it. Might have had a word. Yes, and after that, he's referred to as the Major. And who is he helped by? Uh, Jenny Lee Wright Jenny as... Jenny Lee Wright as, as the inscrutable Miss Moneypacker. Is she inscrutable? Well, I don't know. She, she has terrible trouble with some of her words. Does she get scruted very often? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never seen it happen. <laughs> but we've zoomed through them and zoomed mm-hmm. through them again, haven't yes. we? Yeah. It's like who done it is like who done it because yes. you can watch it over, over uh, and over, over again, over and over again, yeah, and, yeah. and still get uh, amazed. Uh, still get amazed at how bloody odd it is. Yes, but, yeah, yes. But we did two, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So we we did the nautical novelties rangefinder run-in. Yes, we should point out that the titles on YouTube are sort of. Can you say made up? I don't know, really. Uh, yeah, they, well, I'm not sure they were given titles at the time. So this is somebody's interpretation of what the story is about. And you've got to call them something because you yes. can't just keep keep putting. Uh, well, not if you don't know by what episode where, or when it is. they're from. Yeah. So you need if you if 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 you knew it was like episode three of series yeah. three, you could put that. Yeah. But you, I don't think you do. So you have to put a title. Yeah, it, of some it, kind. it's difficult. But yeah. yeah, this one you've got four special agents in a sort mm-hmm. of very cheap pre-title sequence thing yes. are, they, are they stood on podiums with like i think so backlighting yes. aren't yes. they and yeah. they've all got big hats and co- coats on haven't yes, they? because they're spies, spies. Yeah. and they start off with four agents and three will be eliminated and one mm-hmm. will be the master spy yes then you get the title sequence which mm-hmm. is a bit sort of is it like sort of inspector Clouseau sort of uh, thing possibly yeah. um because you've yeah. got william franklin you've got some spy bloke mm-hmm and um, some really weird swirly patterns. Yes. And then this like fizzy bomb trail goes across the screen. Yes. And William Franklin does all sorts of mugging to the camera, doesn't yes. he? And then he puts his fingers in his ears and it explodes. Mm-hmm. This one, we start off with some... It's it's always like black and white film, isn't it, yes. that somebody's taken? Yes, it's, it's sort of done on the cheap. And th- there's a couple doing some shopping, but apparently they're agents for Anarchy International. Yes, which is the sort of the this world's version of sort of like Spectre or something. Yeah, I love the idea though that um, an organisation um, that's sort of in favour of anarchy have like given themselves an overall title because if you were a true anarchists you would ev- everybody would call themselves something different yeah. wouldn't they but yeah. Yeah. and they'd hey, all argue about hey what ho. the right one was but but it's mostly based around the set which has got the master spy computer on it yes. and william franklin's desk yes. which moves about which zooms off yeah. <laughs> like he's the celestial toy maker isn't he <laughs> shall we shall we talk about the typical contestants yeah because the first one on this one is a computer specialist who's 30 who mm-hmm. likes backgammon yes. and i just put posh yeah he wasn't actually that posh compared to some he's actually not that no, posh no 
there there are some right sort of snotty sorts there aren't are, there yes who've, who've like yeah. sailed around the world when they were 17 yes. and yeah, I, I'm, I'm never really on board with them, am no, I? you get a little bit cross sometimes, <laughs> yeah. too. So, yeah, there, there's, there's quite a few sort of upper-middle-class sorts. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it also says 30, and sometimes mm-hmm. you go, well, he's not 22, he's about 45, yeah. isn't he? I think it's some of the hairstyles. It's that 70s thing about yeah. everybody... Looks older than looks they up, are. Yeah, look, looks a lot older. But Bill Franklin sort of does a sort of interview question thing, doesn't he, at yes. the start? yeah. And he he comes up with odd scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's like a really weird job interview where you've got to sort of yeah, improvise to, an yeah. answer. Yes. Yeah. Isn't one of them about what if you were arrested dressed as a vicar looking through a window with a pair of binoculars? Yes. That's in the next episode <laughs> yeah. we watched. Right? So. Well, that, that is in this one. Um, but or, oh, yes. Yes, or, yes. or what if you were found with a body in the boot of your car and it was banging to get out yeah. you'd say well, it was your wife a person not yeah. a body yeah. 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 a live person oh, yeah. then there's this sort of like they, they've always got something to do haven't they yes. something practical yeah. so in this case you had to type on a typewriter where the keys were doctored to give the wrong letters yes. so if you typed madam mm-hmm. it would come out civic Mm-hmm. And if you typed refer, it'd come out as solos and all this yes. stuff. And then you have to work out what you'd need to type to, to write to write a word, yeah. and it, it's quite it's quite difficult. Yeah, s- some of this stuff, especially yeah. under studio lights. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one that's an engineering stu- student, so he's the mm-hmm. one about asked about being a vicar. Yes, um, there's another one that's a civil servant. Mm-hmm. And another one that's a computer operatives consultant. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of diversity, more more generally than this, this yeah. episode you've got somebody who's from Goa. Yes. And I like the way he corrects uh, Bill Franklin to say, "I'm not Goanese, I'm Goan," because yeah. he's a Goan graphologist. Goan graphologist. It's quite hard to say. But yeah, <laughs> you you do get a, a fairly decent. You do. Bit of representation. You, you get do. some ladies. Yes. For um, Bill Franklin to. Uh, smile and, and wiggle his eyebrows yeah, at. Yeah, have a flirt. Yeah, and have a yeah. flirt. Yeah. But yeah, you, you get it. It's pretty good, actually. It is. Um, um, yeah. and, and even what's he described as a, a Romany traveller yes. at one point, isn't it? Yeah. And I was trying to think the last time anybody described themselves as that. I don't think t- you, you would even see that now. On, on telly, what was it you said? He, he, looked, he, looked, he looked really 70s, didn't yes, he? Yes, he's, he's got a sort of really 70s haircut and... <laughs> and clothing and he's, he's the epitome of 70s yeah. yes yeah but yeah, yeah but for, you know marks for diversity oh, gosh, for, yes. for, for who's actually involved yeah. i mean can you imagine what the audition process is yeah, for this I can imagine it's quite um, torturous yeah because you, you get fed up with game shows these days because yeah. they seem to pick the right really dim people don't they yeah, i don't quite know how they get on there but, it's like, if they're the best, how yeah, bad were the worst? But the people you get on here are, are, are mostly pretty good. Yeah. There's the, mm. there's, there's the occasional oddball, isn't there? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Including one really weird bloke. But, yes. But there we go. Mm. So we, we get this sort of interview thing at the start, and then the desk just buggers off, doesn't it? It does. It just sort of zooms yes. off to yes. the side. Once Bill Franklin's got up from it, I have yeah. to say. Yeah. He, 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 doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't shoot off with it. Shoot off sideways. Yeah. And there's a circuit diagram for a rangefinder, mm-hmm. um, and, and a photo of it is in the Bosnovian embassy. Mm-hmm. And there's this this couple, what is it, Frank and Laura Cookson, who mm. are these agents, and they're yeah. running this nautical novelties, yeah. nautical as in, like, boats, not as in 
naughty bits. Yeah. <laughs> Depends what sort of nautical novelties. And they're involved with this spy ring. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And so the agents have to infiltrate with a cover story that they're naval historians. I'm not quite sure what naval historians has got to do with nautical novelties. I don't know, really. But, but yeah. then, then we go into Mastermind, don't we? Yes. With the naval history quiz. Yeah. And I guess they've had a week to swat up, haven't they? Yeah, it says, I think she, she, she says two weeks. But yeah. yeah. And you get five points for a right answer and mm. one point for a wrong answer that you answer confidently. Yes. How you, how you measure confidence, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And there's a light bulb over them as well, like yes. they're being interrogated yeah. in the dark. It's weird because there are episodes, even though it's dark, If if because the next contestant will sort of move because they've got a sort of seating area for them, haven't mm. they? Um, and the next contestant will walk off a movement. It's very distracting if they've got a light-coloured sort of outfit on because you can see them moving in the darkness like yeah. a sort of little ghost in the background but i just wrote cut price mastermind so one gets Im- el- eliminated yes should i say that again one gets eliminated <laughs> yes and for his travels i've forgotten who it was now but they get a pocket calculator yeah which has got a clock with an alarm for time all over the world you get a load of right tat you get you given do. There. yeah um yeah. One of the some of their favourite things include like sort of super eight millimeter film cameras yes. and binoculars with radios in them. Yes, you get really cross at the binoculars. Yeah, radios. either have some binoculars or a radio. Don't have bloody both. Um, anyway, so that's the end of part one. Part two, there's a photograph and a mathematical formula, and it's mm-hmm. Nelson's column taken from an unusual angle, isn't it's it? It's basically somebody's laying on the pavement, yeah. filming, looking up at the bottom of the column. Then we get another film, mm-hmm. uh, and they've put a bugging device on the phone, haven't they? Yeah. Um, which they've nobbled already, because you can't actually hear what they're saying. No. So a, blo- a bloke turns up to this couple's house in his car, mm-hmm. and they, they sort of... They, I get this sort of paper. It's the circuit diagram yeah, or like some a, such. Yeah, blueprint. Yeah, but our our bugging and observing here is foiled when they draw the curtains. Yes, <laughs> that's really rubbish, isn't mm. it? Then they have a what I've described as the adventure game with an extra fifty p spent on it. When yeah. they've got this metal box with some wires and a balloon. Yeah, it's like a cash box, isn't it? Yeah. Like you, you put you. I used to have one when I was younger. I kept my money in it. It's not as lo- until you, lo- you lose the key. Yeah, but it's wired up to ten thousand volts. I, I yeah. like the way uh, Jenny Lee Wright says, "Mind your tie on the ten thousand volts." Yeah. When the bloke leans over it and nearly gets a shock. Yeah. And they've got to like sort of get this balloon and deflate it, then stick it in a hole and blow it up and lift up the thing. Yeah, and get the key and unlock the box. As long as the, the box isn't on the on the base unit, so the, the circuit isn't yeah. completed. And I put, "Don't bugger it up," because we can only afford one balloon yes basically (laughs) and then then the inside they find asdafagul don't they (laughs) asdfgh um which is part of the row of a typewriter now this dates it because i guess typewriters were were about but although you've got like computer people involved none of them seem to recognize that that's the letters on a keyboard keyboard, so yeah but yeah the next one's eliminated and they get binoculars with a twin zoom an electronic twin zoom lens on it woohoo 
So the remaining two agents are then flown by helicopter. They're not really. They're not really. It's just stock footage. Over London, mm-hmm. past the post office tower. Yeah, I don't that, know I don't know why. That pops up a lot, the post office tower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Bill and Jenny Lee Wright uh, communicate with the communications console, mm-hmm. which has got like a couple of black and white TV screens in. Somehow they like have to hack into cameras to yes. see what these people are up to. Uh, and they have to do an actory bit, don't they? Mm-hmm. There's not much acting in this one, actually, because no. they don't interact so much, because no. they go to this office and then the woman just, just goes off. She does. Yeah. Allowing them to spend... Got, they've got three minutes to find the microdot. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that the one of the agents has to go, and if they cock it up, the other one yeah. has to take and over. And they keep swapping. They? If any time one makes a mistake, they swap back to the other one. So, yeah, the, the, the bloke has to do the thing with the balloon again, and he yeah. nearly overinflates it at the yes. moment because it swells over the top. It doesn't does. It? He has to let a bit of air back out, doesn't he? Uh, and then on on the typewriter, he, he types "qwerty," mm-hmm. and it comes out as Nelson. Yes. <laughs> and I said, "That's a bloody loud typewriter. It why doesn't really the, loud. why doesn't the woman next door hear?" Yeah, it's, it's like clonk, yeah. clonk. I like Bill Franklin's thing where he's very tentative opening the desk. It's not an exploding desk. Yeah, <laughs> they can't afford that. Then on one of the envelopes is written Robert Trebor, because mm-hmm. uh, it's the same backwards as forwards. Yes. A, a palindrome, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eventually they find a picture of Nelson, mm-hmm. and the woman's excited because he's got two arms. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in his left eye is the microdot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she gets binoculars with a camera as the second prize. Yes. And he gets a multi-wave global radio receiver. Yes. It's just a radio, isn't it? <laughs> it's a radio with a big aerial. <laughs> it must eat up batteries. So yeah, that one's that one's odd. Mm. But we soon went on to the Asylum Affair, yes. which is a complete off-air recording. It appears to be yeah. complete with the adverts yeah. and trailers for Kidnapped and Tales of the Unexpected yeah, and, and, and the start of Kidnapped and the start of Kidnapped. Yeah. I noticed that the first thing on there is an advert for Bounty, and I said, <laughs> notice William Franklin recorded the whole of the Bounty advert, but we suspect he might have had it on time of record. We yeah, don't, or, we or don't know. Or he just, just, just like Bounty advert. Yeah. And we saw Frank Windsor. Yes. Advertising cigars. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and there's, there's also, what is it, a, a cooker thing that can do anything that, it can cook anything that starts with CH. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chicken, chips or chops. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and the, Muppet, the Muppets go to Hollywood as well. Yes. There's no pre-credits on this one. No. Because it's all a load of people that have been on it before coming yes. back. Yeah. Now, Bill gets to do a bit, bit of acting here because he's staring out of a window, he isn't does. he? Yes. And he, his shirt's undone for the ladies. He he's, he's down to about the third button, isn't he? It? Is. It's quite a long way. Did yes. you have a good look, Lisa? No. All right. <laughs> So there's this professor who's asked for political asylum. <laughs> asylum? There's this professor who's asked for a, a political asylum. I don't know where you live in a political asylum, but he's a professor of space technology. Yes. And they've got a bug under the phone. It's a dirty, great thing. <laughs> the, the phone would be all wonky if you stuck it under it's that. Just, it's notice. not even a working phone. It's just yeah. like, because everybody keeps picking it up and the receiver doesn't come off. So. Yeah. That dates it as well. But yeah, Bill interviews the professor, and this one is a bit more who done it, isn't it? Yes. Right, then the agents have to talk to the professor's wife on the phone in French. It does yeah. help if you can speak French at this point, doesn't yes. it? Well, they've got a phrase book, but. but yeah, but yeah. even so, if you, if you don't speak French, the, whoever's doing, providing the voice 
talks quite quickly in French. Yeah. So if you if you don't speak French, you're going to find it very difficult. And you have to ask like things like, how many minutes does he like his egg boiled? Mm. And I just put put eggs is runny. Yeah. <laughs> because it's only one minute yeah, that, that would be uncooked yeah surely and this so the three agents i've written down are geordie one mm. snotty one and one who's got a karate wife because <laughs> <laughs> apparently she can do karate yeah. there's no evidence of this no, that's what he says and what what side of the bed did he sleep the right hand side mm. so there's this colonel at anarchy international as well they, they've got they, they've got people all over the spot mm. all, all over the place who's camped outside the United Kingdom Rocket Research. And he's he's out, he's doing some painting and having a picnic, isn't he? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. He's got good big binoculars, yeah. which apparently can see a fly at 50 yards. And I just wrote down, how big is the fly? There's this really arty bit as well, where they've made a ladybird walk over a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah. I mean... <laughs> it's a stunt ladybird. Yeah, they, they must have had to catch a ladybird and put the ladybird and, on the And bottle. tell the, the ladybird, could you walk along the bottle? Yeah. And then we'll film you. And the ladybird goes, all right. So they have to work out whether the, the professor is also the colonel. Mm-hmm. And the colonel has his watch on his right hand. Mm-hmm. Um, his right wrist. Yeah. And yeah. oh, in, in this phone call bit, they have to work out what an allergé is. Yes. And you can't really speak French, Lisa. No. But I think you worked out what an yeah, allergy you can was. Tell it, it's, it's an allergy. It's an allergy. Yeah. And now they've got another funny photo, which looks like a mountain. I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. Bill Franklin refers to it as the Rock of Gibraltar. Yeah. Well, the adverts, by the way, were, were for milk and square crisps. Yes. Then some old bloke wanders in. Yeah, and I'm still <laughs> confused about this. And you, you just said, is he a real person? Or is he an actor? And I just wrote, well, he is a real person. Oh, something fell over. <laughs> yeah, he is a real person. He's not an android. And apparently he was at this place where this photo was took in 1938 and he had nice strawberries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this turns they have to answer, ask him a load of yes-no questions. Yeah. And he turns out to be a professional person, mm-hmm. which has got nothing to do with it, yeah. who was head groundsman at Wimbledon in 1938. Yeah. Whenever, but was he? Well, well I don't know. <laughs> Is like, he a real man? I don't know. And everybody <laughs> got Wimbledon throat and lost their voice because of the dry weather. Yeah. Now, apparently the professor played at Wimbledon mm-hmm. and had bad eyesight. Yes. So these these idiots have now got to be Fleet Street correspondents, haven't yes. they? Oh God! Now I now I don't know what to say about the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, please watch this bit on yeah, YouTube because you will fall astounding. off your chair. We sat there with our gobs open, yeah, didn't we? Yeah, I've seen it three times now, and, and you still never, don't believe no, you've actually it, seen it. It just it never gets any better. As to prove how much they know about tennis, they have to watch three rows of weird puppets yeah. rotating their heads and vibrating. Yeah. Because they're pretending to be the crowd at Wimbledon watching yep. the match go going yeah, on. Watching Jimmy Connors play Ilya Nastasi. <laughs> Why that makes a difference, yeah. I don't know. And you've got just, the sort of sound of the match, but you can But the, oh, these yeah. these puppets, what the bloody hell are they? I don't know. Don't were know. were they just were they on other programmes at the time? Did they go around I, I honestly Was don't there know. some bloke that operated them? And just turned up at TV studios and said, I've got some puppets you can use. Yeah, yeah. if anybody watches this and they recognise them and they know what they're from, can you please let us know? 
But what are they? There's two sorts of boy puppets. Yeah, one, one with sort of ginger hair and one what, with dark hair. Yeah, what looks and the one with like dark hair's got like a dirty face. Yeah. And they've got they've got googly eyes when yeah. their heads rotate. One looks like its head's gonna fall off. Yeah, it's all wobbly. And then then the girl ones look like Heidi. Yeah, they've got like, um, plaited blonde hair. Plaits. Yeah, yeah, and sort of weird pointy hats. <laughs> It, it sounds it sounds standingly ridiculously weird, and it goes on too long. As it well. does, it does. It's just them moving their heads from side to side, supposedly watching this tennis match. And most of what I re- I wrote down at this point is just a lot of swearing. <laughs> so I can't read what the no, I can't read that out. Um, <laughs> so one agent gets eliminated, and I said you're well out of it at this point, mate. Yeah. And he gets a scientifically designed solar wristwatch, which is the best way to have time on your hands. Okay. <laughs> Apparently never has to be wound up. No. They go off to interrogate the professor. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, it's more of an, in, an interview than an yeah, interrogation. Yeah, and establishes true identity by asking questions. Yeah. Oh, God, that snotty git is really snotty. He is very he? snotty. If, if, I would think if the actor playing the professor wasn't getting paid for I it, would have lamp- him I would have lamped him at this point. Yeah. It's very rude. We say Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. Yeah. You funny foreign boy. Yeah. <laughs> so there's clues like he's got his watch on the left hand and he takes mm-hmm. his specs off and things yeah. like this. And apparently he can't see anything without his. Without his, his and I cheered when the snotty one got it wrong. Yes. Though he looks like he's he's go, he's going to argue with he them does. at some point. He, he looks so surprised yes. that he could be wrong. Yes. He, he, he really looks like a you know a bulldog chewing a wasp at that yeah. point. But the allergy turns out that he has a rash. Yeah, he's allergic to eggs, but he's eating the eggs they provide. Yeah, just anyway. but yeah, he eats the bloody eggs even though he's allergic to them. Yeah. Hmm. Weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and he, had, he apparently he was scratching all the time. But I, I, I wasn't paying attention just... yeah, to that. What, what's the prize? A a combined all. Can't read your writing. I can't read it. A combined <laughs> all wave radio stereo cassette recorder for yeah. for the snotty for one. The snotty one, and then the other one, the, the one, the actual winner gets the um gets binoculars with a camera. On. Binoculars with a camera in again. Yeah. And I put job lot. Mm. And Bill says goodbye, and then a trailer for Tales of the Unexpected. Mm-hmm. And the adverts are Shandy Bass, Coffee Mate, Banjo, Castrol GTX, and British Airways. Yes. But my God, that puppet thing just puts it's it in a whole odd. new league. It does. It does. I mean, there's other weird bits in it. Yeah. Because you've got this, this thing where you've got Agent X comes yes. on, somebody in disguise. Yeah, so basically, it's an excuse to get a celebrity some, of the some, day. Some vague, vaguely famous um, person. And dress them up in a disguise and have the contestants try and guess who it is. Which they sometimes immediately see through. Yes. Like uh, Raymond Baxter. Raymond Baxter yeah. like doesn't even get. He's on there two seconds. Yeah, he's, and, he's like, oh damn! I put a moustache on and everything. Yeah, who else is on there though? Um, Shaw Taylor. Shaw Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Judith Chalmers. Judith Chalmers. Katie Boyle and yeah. some motorcycling man. Yeah, the motorcycling man. There's this weird bit where they have to sit on a motorbike. Yeah. And then there's some back projection of some front film. Front projection for them. Front projection of yeah. film, and they have to wobble about on this motorbike, yeah. pretending to ride it, yeah. and then yeah. And the what the find, hell is that about? And, I don't and know. the audience find it hilariously funny. Yeah. I don't know what they're going on about. I like the bit with with the, hiding the cassette in the beer. Yeah. They've got a load of glasses yeah. of beer. And they're just like, oh, God, no, that's too light. Can't put it, isn't it? <laughs> they, they, one of them ends up putting, like, because um, they've got one, I think it's like a, a, a stout or something with yeah. lager. Yeah. And, died, um, and if it's dark enough, it'll, you it'll can just about hide yeah. it. 
there's this, there's another weird bit where well, they're in a library mm. and there's this agent moving about in the library represented by a light. Yes. And they have to move their light. Yes. And it's like the slowest game of Pac-Man yes. ever. Yes. There's yes. a similar one, what was it, um, with a, a ship a or ship. something. Yeah, and they keep and they driving keep, it over the land. They keep driving the ship on the land. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, oh God, there's some poor prop, pros- prop, prop person behind there with a torch. Like slowly dragging it up. There's no an exploding bomb at one point because yes. they've got to defuse a bomb yeah. and it really goes off, it doesn't does. it? It goes off really yeah. loud yeah. and everybody looks a bit shocked. Yeah. But yeah, unless somebody can prove otherwise, I think we found possibly the weirdest game show we've ever seen. Yes. Yeah, even Not these... a complaint. No, no. Not a complaint. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for, you know, Teddy being Oddness. odd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, even beats three, two, one, and you have to go some yeah. way to beat someone three, two, one. You've you've got some interesting guest stars. You've got mm. um, Edward D'Souza. Yes. Linda Bellingham. Yeah. Who, who's the bloke that dresses up as a sailor and goes uh, into a toilet and comes out as a woman? Hugh Walters. Hugh Walters. I don't know how, that, how they do that. They must have locked off and, and filmed again yeah. because he goes in one toilet and comes out the other side. And David Jason. Yes. And. This this is the weird one, yes. isn't it? The, the the guy that we said he was the Romney traveller yeah. is in the episode with David Jason, and the guy's surname is Penfold. It is, yeah, yeah. And you go, okay, that's 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 weirdly weird. Yeah, you get these some um, photos of the people at the start as well. They've yeah. had to fill in where they come from. Yeah, and there's one woman that says she comes from a salop. Yeah, although by her handwriting, it looks like she she was born in sheep. <laughs> <laughs> is she the same woman that's got the Serverland haircut? I can't remember. Uh, I think so. But there's somebody yeah. that's come as Jacqueline Pierce from Blake Seven. Yeah, yeah. Very short hair. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that haircut might well have been in by it, that. It possibly that point. was. Yeah, mm. yeah. But yeah, do do seek this out because it is it is bloody weird. It's isn't wonderfully it? odd. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and we just better say about the Master Spy Annual, yes. haven't we? Yes. So it's the... I, you always like getting um, yeah. merchandise. I do. This is one of the odder pieces of merchandise. So, yeah, this is an authorised edition. Oh, it's from ATV, we should say. Yep. But you probably heard, because I probably put the jingle in at the start. Yeah. But copyright ATV Network 1980. Mm-hmm. And who did the annual belong to? Paul. And he's done some drawings, has not he? He's done a bit of doodling, yeah. He's doodled all over Patrick McGowan. Why you've got Patrick McGowan in there? It's basically somebody's just gone to, like... The, the um or the producers at the ITV, ITV give us and, some photos. Yeah, and, Have you got a photo of like Wurzel Gummidge we can yeah, stick in? And like and, and McGowan because it's and, an extended quiz book basically. Yes, yeah. Although apparently it does teach you how to make a false nose yeah. at one point. And there's a sport bit and um. But yeah, rather yeah. than have real people in it, mm-hmm. um, you've got some pictures of. Bill Franklin and Jenny Lee Wright. Yes. And they've got four characters that, have, that they've drawn that are taking part. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, Mr. Montmorency Paul Perrot of twi- Twittering Hall, much twittering. Mm-hmm. Um, he was interested in mole vaulting and underwater skiing. Mrs. Ethel Sludge of Railway Cottages, Gastown, a housewife and expert chip fryer. Alf Boggs, who lives in a fully furnished hole in the ground and was All England Chuck the Welly champion until he retired in 1979, owing to a strained brain. And young Simon Smarty Boots, who looks like Jacob Rees-Mogg, it has to be said, and his ambition is to be Prime Minister by the time he's 12. Oh, is Jacob Rees-Mogg there? (laughs) But it's just just a quiz book, and that's all it is. 
But it's, it's really weird because they've obviously had to get William Franklin and Jenny Lee Wright to pose for the cover. Yeah. And she's got this sort of fur coat on. And I'm like, oh, I don't even understand that. Unless it's a picture from one of the episodes. And, and the, little, the little spy bloke from the title he's sequence is, is green yeah. and he's on William Franklin's shoulder Shall like a parrot. Like a parrot, yeah. What's he looking at with his magnifying uh, glass? Uh, is, is he looking down? Yeah. He's looking down her dress, he isn't is, he? He is, yeah. From the angle, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but there you go, the master spy. Yes. Please seek it out. Yes, and if anybody's got any more to upload, please upload them Yeah, to, and to if YouTube. anybody at home has got recordings... Yeah. Beyond the ones that are known to exist, please, please return them. Yeah, or just upload them. Oh, yeah, because we would, we would love to see. But yeah, yeah. Do, do, you know, I don't often say this, but if people can find some more of these, yes. we'd be eternally we'd grateful. We'd like to see some more for sure. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the episode over and done with, Lisa. Yes. Shorter than than normal, perhaps, yes. but yes. Um, little mini episode. Yeah. But thanks to Paul and Toppy for their yes. help with this one for their article. And uh, do we have any idea for episode 62? Oh, I, th- I think we might be... You've got half an idea. Yes. But yes, thank you everyone for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you again next time, whenever that may be. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for being with us. And we hope you'll join us next week for another assignment of The Master Spy. <laughs> That was episode 61 of Round the Archives. Starring Lisa Parker, Andrew Trowbridge, Paul Chandler and Toppy Smelly. On the musical side you heard Dan Tate and Paul Chandler. The scripts for The Master Spy were by Agent X. And the producer was Ronnie Taylor. But first of all, Paul and Toppy will take a look at a couple of shows. And our theme this this time is, I guess... <laughs> I'll keep going so I can cut it. But this time around, Paul and Toppy will look at a couple of shows that are... St- <laughs> shitty shit. <laughs> Shitty shit. They are shitty shit shows, aren't they? <laughs> They're really shitty shit. Rose is eating. I know.